the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. My son mentioned to me, yeah, I pick him up from school, and he said, hey, did you know you can type anything into Google and it, and, and it will bring it up? No. And like pictures and stuff no. like that? No. I said, yes, I was aware of that. <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, I mean, I knew it was coming. I just didn't know when of the, uh, you got to start monitoring this and talking about it and putting in parental controls and all that sort of stuff. Oh, or man. wonder if he's alone in his room with the computer, what he's doing, because before... He was just watching a DVD. I've, right. I've never even had kids, and you said that made me nervous. Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's amazing. Ooh. Once you discover the Internet, the world of everything that exists. I mean, I don't think he can get on the dark web yet. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey. Well, there's plenty on the regular web. Right. Yeah, Let's there's worry about that one. You wouldn't want them to see. And, um, I mean, then there actually are things that you could see and you really could never unsee. I mean, yeah. Violent, oh, yeah. violent stuff that would just... Well, yes. Yeah, that could be profoundly disturbing. And just the the, the distorted idea of what's normal and what's not, what's okay and what's not. Oh, yeah. oh sure. Yeah. sure. That's just so troubling. But uh, Hanson, our producer, asks, uh, what has he been searching so far? And so far, he's just been looking for cool pickup trucks. He's just been looking at cool trucks. Okay. That's the only thing he Googled. Is oh, that's all Different right. kinds of trucks. Yeah. I mentioned to him, I said, if you knew the seen the new Toyota Tundra, that might be the coolest looking truck I've ever seen. Yeah, and uh, so he's googling that stuff like that. But you know, first time you come across a truck that's got a hot chick in the back of it right. for some reason, you think, well, that's a, "Wonder if you could just wonder, wonder if you could just Google attractive women, or you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever kids his age call attractive girls." Right, and then all of a sudden you got that. And then, if he's trying to like troubleshoot some engine problems too, and he searches for truck trannies, who knows right. what'll pop yeah, exactly. up? Yeah, exactly. Trannies oh, God, and yes. trucks. Yeah, and we have yeah. a long conversation. Or if he's interested in uh, perhaps one of your cats is feeling low and he, you know, uses the wrong term. Well, that's when life changes. But Google, uh, Google does have, and I've never used them before because I never have had to. Yeah. Google has got your settings on there. Have you ever used them before? Yeah. Google settings? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was yeah. going to do that this weekend. Yeah, I, I set work them for well? myself because I am afraid of what I might say. <laughs> but do they work pretty well? Uh, yeah, it, it does a pretty good job, as I recall of uh, filtering images, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Actually, but, uh, it says I'm in really... the warning, it says in the warning, it will, it works for the images, but it doesn't mean it would eliminate the content because for a variety of reasons, it still could show up in print. Yes. Something. And, and, and honestly, my, my knowledge of this, if it's two years old, it's out of date and it's more than two years old. And those so, yeah, filters know. aren't foolproof. I've seen <laughs> stuff just slip by. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, sure. And yeah. there's also... For whatever whatever motivations they have, there are those who seek to find ways around oh, filters sure. of those sorts. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there are legitimate needs, certainly, for some parts of the body, for instance, to to be on the Internet for medical reasons, et cetera. Here's what a broken ankle looks like. <laughs> well, no, nah, that's not the parts I had in mind. <laughs> right. Maybe I'll, let me jot it on this little piece of paper. <laughs> Take a look at our chart. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. This well, area right here is what we're primarily right. concerned with. This is the trouble zone. Well, I'll tell you what, Jack. I have got I've got a solution to your problems. Yes. I have a set of encyclopedia <laughs> I can bring over to your home, yes. and you can use that for knowledge. I believe that plural will be encyclopedia, Marshall. Yeah, that, that's funny. That reminds me of me and my friends when we were yeah. young looking up various, you know, naughty words or concepts right. in the dictionary encyclopedia. Yep. That was as far down the road as you could get. Oh, trying man. To figure out you would hit pay dirt? 
You find a, a, a dictionary that actually has the F word in there? Oh, well, man. I just I remember yeah. looking up intercourse because we, were, we weren't exactly sure what was going yeah. on there or whatever. I've heard of whispers. <laughs> That's right. But now you. you have those same you and your friends got a computer and, oh, oh my God, so when you spin up, your head around. When you set up the, uh, the, the search restrictions or the parental controls on there, are you going to do some stress testing on it to see how it works? I think that'd be oh, kind yeah, of Oh, yeah. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. Um, yeah, I might, I might come up with it because he mostly plays video games or watches movies on the computer, and he doesn't need the access to everything else. Uh-uh. So maybe I'll come up with a better way to, because there's just no reason to have that loaded gun along with your movie you're watching. You can get a DVD player. How old, that's is, done. How old is he? Nine. Nine? Okay. I'm sure there are some thorough and, and, and helpful sites designed to guide you oh, yeah. through exactly what you're I talking just, about. I, just, I, just, I, I was hoping it was going to be a while, but apparently not. No, that's hilarious. Dad, did you know you can just type anything into this and it'll... Yeah, whoa, boy. Oh, <laughs> God. tries to hide the panic on his face. Oh, isn't that something, son? That's a great time to be alive. It is amazing, though. You know, and, you know, getting... I'm a believer that the world was better before the Internet. I think it's not a good thing that's happened for mankind. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I could be alone in my room, and there, there, is, there is almost no chance when I was a kid alone in my room that I could do anything that would... Would uh would be very bad at all, but a kid alone with a you computer. You lack imagination, son. A kid, a, a kid, a kid alone with their computer could. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, well, it's effortless. Yeah. See, the, the, the or, or coming in contact with bad people. I was going to come come in contact with with no bad people when I went up to my bedroom. Not going to happen. And, oh right. I didn't have a phone, so or predators, those yeah. who would exploit a child. And the rate of escalation that can happen on an internet search is way beyond any. Like you may have been able to. Steal a Playboy from your friend's dad's collection yep. or whatever, yep. right? But there, there was no algorithm that was like, oh, you might also like this website, Oy. right? Like there's, Oof. there's these weird kind of escalation things that can happen where even similarities, where like you were looking up the words in the dictionary, that had an artificial cap on what you could actually do with sure. that. Sure, and Playboy, yeah. So you saw some Playboys. Well, all that showed you is what w- girls look like naked, basically. Yes. And, you know, there's actually a benefit to that. Okay, so that's what they look like naked. That's a starting point, certainly. But, but it certainly didn't put in my head that this is what sex is, because what you see on the internet, that's not what sex is. It's probably not going to be what sex is like for you. No. Um, no. So, yeah. You know, I was, I was thinking the, the advantage of growing up in the pre-internet age is you could be bad, but it took a heck of a lot of time and effort. Right. Right. I mean, you see, the amount of badness you could get under your belt was limited just because you'd have to go somewhere and do something and run into someone and sneak this around and whatever. It's just it was time-consuming. Oh, yeah, he could be up in his room by himself for 15 minutes, and he orders a baby white rhino and a machine gun and, you know, whatever else. <laughs> what Cases a- of tequila being delivered to our house. I want to do some rhino hunting. <laughs> he buys the rhino, then shoots it dead out of pure meanness. <laughs> That's the Internet! How do you like it? <laughs> wow. So anyway, got to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you say? You had something. Well, so this guy, he's, right. uh, he's a bass fisherman. And we were just uh, talking to Craig, the healthcare guru, the other day. He's a semi-pro bass fisherman himself um, and a guide and the rest of it. Um, and this guy's in a... Pro bass fisherman. Yeah. First one I've ever known. This guy Turns out to be a healthcare expert. Yeah. This guy's uh, in this tournament, and I guess they had... I think this is to protect fish of breeding, age, and size, but you can only catch and keep bass that are 16 inches or less or 24 inches or greater. Because huh. you get that sweet spot. Those are breeding fish. Those are adults, primal life fish that are making lots of bass babies. So anyway, it had to be smaller or bigger. Well, um, 
He got one that was a little too big. He accidentally hit the sweet spot, so he took himself out a pair of scissors and trimmed the bass. Oh, oh. evidently, oh. came oh. <laughs> trimming the bass is a is a euphemism I read on the yeah. internet. Make sure you're Do not Google trim the bass. Oh no, no, son. And evidently, during the weigh-in, they thought, "Well, that looks a little odd," and oh. and he was charged with fraud, which is a third-degree felony. Not animal mutilation or something like that. Well, yeah, I don't know. You're going to cut a fish open and scoop his guts out if you're going to eat it. So yeah, it had it coming. <laughs> That's not my point, really, but. Uh, third degree felony. Of course, this is one of those uh, areas in life where do they count up or do they count down? Third degree felony. Oh, that's bad. That sounds terrible. Oh, that's it's like, like burns. It's like Manafort it's stuff. Like serious right. burns. No, actually, it's the reverse. It's right. like a, first degree yeah. burns are the worst, yeah. or third degree. No, burns. third degree burns are the worst. First degree murder is the worst. Okay. Uh, Cat five hurricane is the worst. Defcon one. Is the worst. Is the worst. Yeah. All right. We need to get some some government intervention on this. Stage four cancer is the worst. Clearly. But then I heard another medical thing the other day where stage one or level one is the worst mm. for another medical. No oh, boy. So yeah, you got to know. It really ought to be a standardization. God, I would think we always one is always the worst or best. <laughs> I'm a one issue voter, and that that issue is we need a scaling up or a scaling down of intensity. <laughs> yes, we need to, it For needs to be things. consistent. Yes. Shouldn't everything be on the scale of good to bad? One so if it's good, good stuff, stuff, this is a class one uh, championship. Well, then it's good, right? Naturally, you know that it's a class one felony. It's a bad thing. And it's a, no, so okay. The, the lower the number, or the, the higher the number, the worse something is. Can we okay. just all uh, all agree on that? Flip the defcon. Flip the degrees of murder. Third degree murder. Oh no! It's you know vicious. It reminds me of that's a different thing. But Costanza on Seinfeld. What was it? I have this problem all the time too, where you get uh, a report back from the doctor. It's negative. It's I'm negative. George, oh, no. come back negative. Oh, no. Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> That's a similar one. That always catches me for just a second, because negative has, well, negative connotations. It certainly does. <laughs> right. Well, no, we were looking for something bad, so the fact that it's negative we, we, we is good. We did this test, good. and it's negative. Yes. Right. Mm. What should I tell my children? <laughs> You're fine. Okay. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. I've never into the Grateful Dead. I tried a couple of times and just couldn't figure out what all the hubbub was. Yeah, I don't know. And then just just kind of put it out of my mind. I just, you know, whatever. I tried that. I don't dig it. That's fine. I don't dig lots of things. I got a friend who's an enormous deadhead. And then I've become a big fan of the Grateful Dead through John Mayer. A, a weird way to end up back in it. But so now I've gotten into it and then going backwards to some of the older stuff and listen to that, whatever. But anyway, so John Mayer is now with uh, with the, the Grateful Dead and they call themselves Dead and Company and they're touring and it's the it's by far the most critically and financially successful thing they've done since Jerry Garcia died. Not even close with some of their other mm. things that they've attempted. Uh, a point of fact, I would like to have gone to the show on, uh, they played Friday and Saturday night to kick off this year's touring, and they were not too far from me. Hour plus drive, I could have been there, but my life doesn't really allow for that. But so, it, with the wonders of technology, I logged on to YouTube and watched the first set live with fantastic sound and video and everything like that. Wow. It's cool that they can do that now. And I did a little reading about the uh, the tour. 
The Grateful Dead, this is this is what, you know, the whole baby boomer thing has done to music. With an average ticket price of two hundred dollars, oh. almost two hundred dollars, not quite, but almost. Oh. Average ticket price, and they sold forty thousand tickets over the weekend in these two concerts. So that's eight wow. million dollars. <laughs> oh my god! For two nights in Mountain View, California, not even a particularly big place, but um, eight million dollars. I don't know how that gets split up with everybody, but I know they're playing the Hollywood Bowl. I think tonight, tomorrow night, or whatever. But they're doing lots of shows. That's a lot of money coming. Wow, in. that's amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah, man, it's, well, you know what, it's it's crazy, it's the free market at work, there are plenty of bands that are absolutely wonderful, but their fan base is thinking $200 sounds like my rent, Yeah, not a concert ticket, so they just, they could never ever charge that, that's wild, well I get it though, I'm, I'm totally fine with that, and the most infamous example was probably the, the Hamilton tickets. In New York, that Lynn Manuel Miranda finally decided scalpers are getting six hundred bucks a ticket, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars a ticket. Screw it, that's what we're charging. Why would I give the scalper most of the profits? Yeah, that's that's really a good. And point. he set aside tickets for people who couldn't afford them too, which was a cool gesture. But that's a really <laughs> good point because if you're going to think, you know, my my favorite actor, whoever it is you're into, is sold out because they're charging so much. Yeah. If the tickets will go for that much, why should scalpers get them right? And if they will go for that much, they will go right. for that much. Sure, there's, yeah. there's that many people yeah. willing to spend on average two hundred dollars to see the, the Dead and Company. If you were charging eighty dollars a ticket, they would just get sold to those people. Right, exactly. And and like I said, it's it's not like a theoretical concept. If the market will bear a thousand dollars per ticket, everybody with the three hundred dollar ticket will say, "I'm going to make seven hundred dollars," and they'll sell their tickets. I don't. You know, at this point in my life, I'd have to make a hell of a lot to give up, like, I don't know, some coveted ticket that I was really excited about. But Did you have had some Grateful Dead uh, connections, don't you, Marshall? Oh, yeah. Over the years, certainly have. I've been twirling with some of the best of them over the years. <laughs> mm, I'm sure. And, you know, a lot of them, uh, a lot of them, we were at the Fillmore, we were Mountain View, a uh, number of different venues. But, uh, and I, I actually saw the Dead maybe a year or two before Jerry Garcia passed away. Now, how how good were they at various stretches, not to go too far down the road of Grateful Dead, uh, but I, would, I just listened to some of the live stuff, and they put out tons of live albums. Yeah. Some of that early 70s stuff is freaking unbelievable. Oh, yeah, I we, mean, how they, how they get their vocal harmonies that good, right. I can't even imagine, especially with the technology of the time. Yeah. But then some of the later stuff is not. And I no. just wondered if they went through periods where... You know, one or more of them were so messed up that, or they didn't care. Right. Well, uh, the 70s stuff, you're right, was really good. Towards the end, especially when I saw him about a year or so before Jerry passed, uh, he was kind of just going through the motions. In fact, a friend of mine told me he actually had a teleprompter to see the lyrics. Or right. read the lyrics. Now, I don't well, know if that's true or not. got a lot of not. songs. Come yeah. on now. Yeah, but it, was, it didn't have the same spark. Bob yeah. Weir, the other the lead singer guy from uh, Grateful Dead, he's yeah. in GQ this month, and he did a long interview, and he says he was on the East Coast right. uh, when Jerry Garcia died on the West Coast at a rehab. Right, and he says he had a dream that night that Jerry Garcia, he and he crosses Jerry Garcia's path in the room, and Jerry Garcia looks through him, and he gets some sort of feeling about him, and he woke up, and then he got the news that Jerry Garcia died. Mm-hmm. So he believes he got some sort of message. Right, and then when he was doing this thing with uh, John Mayer when they started a couple of years ago, he was floating above the stage and looking down and realizing that it's bigger than him, and this whole Grateful Dead <laughs> thing is going to go on long after he's passed. So. 
I don't know if that's just a high artist talking. Or, that's what it sounds so, like. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like that to me. It's got all the trappings of that. little medical, you know, puffer too, yeah. Not to yeah. get too into music trivia, yeah. and or it's Bob Ware who, for years, Jerry Garcia made feel inadequate. Um, thinking, F you, now we're making money, you stoned idiot. I'm not saying he'd put it that strongly. There would be a little bit of, uh, I made $8 million over the weekend as the Bob Weir led Grateful Dead. There'd have right. to be some of that in you. Sure, a little bit. You know, uh, I saw Jerry Garcia's last show. And seriously, this is not a setup to one of my many uh, attempts right? at humor. No, I actually did in Chicago. Um, wow. I fell asleep halfway through it. Now, somebody might say fell asleep. You passed uh, out. Yeah. No, it was a hot yeah. summer day, and we'd been right. getting after it since fairly early, and we were seated far away, and it was kind of boring. And I fell asleep. Sorry, Jerry. <laughs> if you got to haunt me, do it. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. I love New York, and I wish I would have lived there at some point in my life. Um, But I hate them acting like everything that happens there is worthy of us watching. And I just, I don't know what this thing is, and I'm I'm not going to read the next paragraph. I have no F's to to give. Exactly. There'll be a flood of photos tomorrow. Everyone will be ooing and aahing. No, everyone will not. No, I won't. Practically, no one will. I won't. San Francisco has tried as hard as it can to get a similar vibe going for their opera company. This is fine. Do whatever you want with your time and money, but uh, don't ask me to watch. Figaro. That's an opera, right? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's uh, made famous by Bugs Bunny. That's where I learned it. <laughs> I don't dig the opera. Do not dig it. Uh, no. No, I, I like almost all music, but not that. I mean, uh, is the Phantom of the Opera? I've seen that. Would that qualify me as an opera? That's not an opera. No. I don't okay. think it's an opera. You don't count that as an opera. What are the rules for an opera? Does it have to be in a foreign language? I don't know. What are the rules <laughs> for an opera? Google it. Yes. My oh, son, we've been, we've been watching some of the old-timey Disney movies, and your old-timey Disney <laughs> movies have, like, musicals of the olden days, a freaking song break every now and then. Right. Where the starlet sings some song about how in love she is with the handsome man, and my oh, kids yeah. just hate it. Oh, they got yeah. that part of my DNA, certainly. Because I hated those as a kid, too. Just, oh, my God. <laughs> what are you trying to do to me? Do little do little girls like it? Is there some kid that likes it when they, they stop and sing a long song about something? The, the the slow, sappy female lead song is almost always terrible. Oh, painful. If it's funny, a little upbeat, catchy, that sort of thing, that's fine. Throw a song in. But, oh, yeah, the sappy. You know what the worst one ever was? Was in uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. When the little uh, stop-action blonde-haired girl who's in love with the Kris Kringle... She sings some terrible, terrible <laughs> late sixties ballad over like weird psychedelic uh, animations. Oh, it's just insufferable. <laughs> I asked my kids at one point. I said, "Do you mind if we skip this?" And they're like, "All oh, yeah, go ahead." <laughs> I, like, oh, I don't want to be a jerk about it, but so you mentioned the Derby. You talking about yeah. the horse race or the hat? No, it's the uh, the, the horse race, the Kentucky oh, Derby. Darn which... it, the horse race. Because I was willing to talk about. 
bowlers and fedoras, but <laughs> you're on the horse race. Not you know what? If you'd like to, <laughs> sure. I I, uh, I remember when the Derby was a big thing. When uh, there was a heavyweight boxing champ, and uh, and there were occasions. You know, there was a, one TV show everybody watched. That sort of thing. I think. The number, the percentage of Americans who give a damn about the Kentucky Derby, I'd like to see those figures because I think it's rapidly declining. I used to watch it. Now I just no, I no. Yeah, every year I think I got to watch it, and then I forget it's on and realize, "Eh," and then I don't care that much that I missed it. Well, yeah, and then I could dial it up anytime I want, and because I can, I don't watch it live, and then I don't care, so I don't dial it up. So, well, so we used to have quite a few moments like that through the years that everybody paid attention to and everybody commented on, or practically everybody. Oscars, and yeah, that's a good one. That those sorts of shows were more like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I believe those things are going away. They're fading. And you know what I think they will be replaced by? What? Nothing. Right. Which is not good. No. I just think we'll all drift through our lives with very few common touchstones or connective tissue. No. Drifting sounds very relaxing. <laughs> yes. I'll grant you that. Um, you know, and soon nobody will pay attention to the Met Gala. <laughs> well, I don't think there will be universal kind of cross-cultural touchstones where I could go to the other side of the country and say, hey, that last episode of MASH was really good, right? But mm-hmm. I, with the, with the connectedness... Be a good opening line. Right, of, of the 1983. internet. 1983. I think people are kind of <laughs> self-surrounding themselves in, in smaller, similar interest bubbles, right? Mm-hmm. Various message boards about Game of Thrones. I'm surrounded by people who talk about Game of Thrones or different kind of subculture groups along those lines. So there isn't the, the, the one shining kind of touchstone that we can all attach onto. Right. But I don't think common interests are going away, and people are still going to find people with those those interests to kind of share experiences with and, and right, engage but with. My, but you've made my point for me. It's all of those subgroups getting together in ag group right, that right. I think is healthy for, uh, you know, national identity, cohesion, the rest of it. Uh, right, right. So, the, so it's good for the Game of Thrones group to bump into the ultimate Frisbee group and, and realize and, that and NFL freaks and, right. and people who attend the effing Met Gala. Well, right. maybe <laughs> just having that we all watched MASH or whatever helped shave off the uh, edges of the, of, of the idea that so then politically you must be so different from me. Or, or racially, or religiously, we or whatever. We watch the same yeah. show, we watch, we do, 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 do these things and same, so we can't be that different, mm-hmm. that I should have to hate you for your politics. Now that we have nothing in common... It's only the subgroups Sean was uh, discussing, which I think would be fine if if there weren't powerful reasons that you should feel part of something. There's nothing yeah. you can do about it. Oh, and you have to it's expand really. it to... this, And this died earlier, because... Um, I didn't really, I haven't really had this. This is like my dad's generation. But you're, you know, your Kiwanis Club and all these different sorts of things. Um, yeah, or Rotary yeah. Club, bowling leagues, all that sort of like stuff. Like the Red Hat Ladies thing, I think, was a thing. For a, lot, a lot of that stuff went away a little earlier. Now this is going away. There's just nothing. It's that the book Bowling Alone came out in the 90s. It was that guy first touching upon that fact that Bowling leagues went away, and people aren't members of all these different clubs. Now just the the informal club of we all watch this TV show and listen to this music has gone away. 
There's just nothing. Right. So we become separate warring tribes. Well, not necessarily warring, but certainly not, uh, you know, e pluribus unum, for instance, which is an idea that, uh, you know, some would argue is, is a nice one out of many one. That, you know, what we share is it outweighs what makes us different. But, you know, what are you going to do? John Mayer, of all people, was talking about this on a podcast the other day. Um, on how we, because we're all so isolated in these bubbles, we don't know each other. And he said, you know, if you know somebody, they can give you all kinds of crap and you just, you know, or, or do all kinds of things that are, you don't like, but yeah, that's just, that's Jim. He's a good guy mm. down deep. I mean, he, and he, I don't like this about him. I don't like that about him, but he's okay. I've known him my whole life, but now that we don't know each other and we stay in our little groups, we don't, we don't have that. So we only focus on the thing we don't like about him, assume they're rotten to the core. Right. And and that's that's where we are. Yeah. You can all everybody can think of a relative or a friend who's got all kinds of bad character traits that you overlook for the other stuff that you know. But if you don't know somebody and you don't have anything in common that's good, you just go with the bad stuff. Yeah. And hate them and are willing to uh, you know, attack them savagely at right. every turn. Right. And assume the worst about them. Yeah. Well, I remember uh, back in the day before you were supposed to be angry and hate people, and that was enlightenment, um, that it was believed that, you know, the quickest way to get people over racism is you get to know somebody of a different race. You realize, oh, oh, they're just a human being. Uh, You know, you you work with a guy, you find out he's gay. Well, he's a terrific guy. You're not going to be nearly as likely to have, like, you know, strange uh, blanket ideas about gay people. Um you know, again, that used to be the thought, but now I'm just afraid we're not. Uh, all we are is ideological groups, or you know, or hobby subsets, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's only unhealthy when that's it. There's only uh, one potential way that we come back from this, I think, and that would be some sort of real threat, whether it's disease or war, something that we can come together over. That my money's on disease. More scary disease is super scary. Nobody declares disease. The disease does. And it doesn't tell you in advance. Right. I'm coming for you. Mm, well, this has been cheery. The you, most you notable, it up. The most notable differences in opera and musical theater are the ratio of singing to speaking. Right. And the style of the singing. Right. But what they both provide, Jack is a powerful musical vehicle for heartbreak, despair, and utter joy. So yes. That, so that's interesting. There, Couldn't agree more. There really isn't that much difference between a musical and an opera. This, this article kind of makes the argument that musicals are just the modern-day opera with just more talking involved. Or maybe operas for slightly less sophisticated people. <laughs> well, I do think musicals are operas for dumb people. No, I think the operas are musicals for pretentious people. <laughs> And if you really like it, well, then go enjoy it. Now you're a bad person. I really lo- um, I love classical music. I can't stand operas. I know people that are into operas, and you go With to a it. Few exceptions. Yes. You go to it knowing that in you know song three of the second act, there's a certain note that you have to be able to hit, and they wonder whether or not this star can do it. Mm. I mean, it's a big thing, and everybody applauds when he. Or, he or she does. And booze if they don't. I'd have to just wait for other people to clap and be like, yes, I, I agree wow. as yes, well. Indeed. <laughs> Huzzah. <clears throat> Fantastic. Let's hear him hit this note. He hits a high, a triple high G <laughs> in the last stanza. <laughs> I mean, it brings them to their friggin' feet, man. Uh, My Italian and the friend. the only guy can hit it. 
My Italian friend is always trying to convince me how I got to get into opera. It's just, it's just the richest, most deepest art that exists. And well, he's Italian, so, so he gets and... what they're warbling about. <laughs> you got to get me a translation, and don't tell me that no, 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 no. It's about the feeling. No, I want to know what she's singing about. Yeah, that's she true. seems all broke up about something. I don't know why. Her lover dump her. Did her dog die? Did she lose her job? I don't know. Or is she one of those people that gets all upset about it and nothing? Right. Drama queen. <laughs> Look at her over there in her Viking outfit. The hell? Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. This is best of Armstrong and Getty. Have we ever used transition music in a podcast? I don't think we have. Do Let's we have do trans- it. We need this to transition like back to what we were talking Pick about. Pick your favorite one, Michael. <laughs> This is a, a palate cleanser. It's a, a race from your mind, what we were just talking about. Chuck a lug, chuck a lug. It's not chuck a lug, it's chuck a rong, chuck a rong, Marshall. You don't even know the words, idiot. <laughs> Speaking of Marshall, sweet home Mississippi. I mean, what are you, what, yeah, what's the matter with you? <laughs> I hear it, I hear chuck a lug, chuck a lug. Come on. <laughs> It's, it's so, Yanny and yeah. Laurel all over again. Marshall is the point of this conversation. Yeah. It was, God, how long ago was it when you originally declared your New Year's resolution was to do 10 push-ups in a row? Uh, two years ago, maybe which, two which, and a half years which, ago. Which made us laugh for like five years, or for, for five minutes. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that your New Year's resolution was to do 10 push-ups in a row. And then we all ended up on the floor doing push-ups. And yep, yep. You guys uh, did uh, push-ups, danced around me while I uh, worked away at trying to do 10 push-ups in a row until all of a sudden I had the double hernia and well, had to go to the hospital. So you worked your way up to it. Every yes. so often you would come in and you would attempt to do it. And I think you did one or two. Two and a half. I think it was two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Originally. Originally. Three and five, seven. You're high. First he did four. like one, and then we'd have him on a month later, and having worked out and eaten properly, he was up to two, two, two push-ups. <laughs> right. right. And, it's a then, good amount. I was gone the day when he, he did his his highest amount, and the, so there's some argument as to how many he did. There's the truth in lying. <laughs> At any rate, the point of this yes. discussion, though. How many did he do that day? Two were indisputably push-ups. The third was a ragged, spined, <laughs> twisting, weird imitation of a push-up. And then there was at least another third on top of that. Oh, so oh, three oh. and a third. And then he, but he rested after the second one. He just laid on the floor. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Michael. Part of my styling. But so part of my styling. But the point is, you've been injured again. Yeah. Well, I have been. I've been working towards doing uh, nine push-ups on May 9th, which is my birthday. The and reason you stopped last time was because I ended up having getting a double hernia and going. You get, had to get an actual operation. Yes. Yes. Uh, actual operation. I. Uh, you know. An attempt to do more than two push-ups. It was. I was up to four or five. That my positive Sean was my coach. He will vouch for me on that. All right. Anyway, no, we've been working towards trying to do uh, you know nine uh, in a row by May ninth, and mm-hmm. I'm up to about three, and then do a bunch of baby push-ups. Well, can you actually do three push-ups? Because that would be your record. Why haven't you done them in the studio where we can see them? Well, because I keep injuring myself. There was a danger of actually uh, reigniting the hernia, but oh, that's don't been do that. checked out. Oh. And now I have managed to pop my knee. 
doing the baby push-ups. And so I'm going to go to the doctor later today and Popped have it. your knee. Well, it now clicks and oh, hurts. Oh, it's not supposed to. No. no. No, it's not. I really, really, really suggest you come up with a new challenge. Well, I'm going to see Walk ten consecutive steps without resting. <laughs> so at this point, you sort of work out with a hot water bottle. Uh, I, I don't want to have you get caught up in just the inertia of this whole thing. Is this something you want to do at this point? Because we're we're not making you do push-ups. But you're ending up in the hospital. I'm questioning this. I am indeed okay. questioning this. So I'm going to see. You might what, just have to let it go. I I might I might do that. But you know, I'm a fighter. Mm. I am a fighter, so we we will see. I will give you updates on my physical condition. But, okay. yes, I have managed to do something to my knee doing the baby push-ups, where you get down on your knees and just use your arms. I mean, there are some things as I've gotten older I've just had to give up on. Just think I'm never going to do that again. It's liberating. It is kind of liberating. You got a uh, you got a, a weight bench of any sort or something that you like? I'm thinking maybe we just need to to. What get... would you guess, Sean? I, uh, no, <laughs> I would guess no. <laughs> um, so instead of starting out with the body weights, maybe we just get some some other weights and we try to build up to the body weight stuff as as a, as another step. I have a couple of like the five ten pound. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could do That's that. a good idea because yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had this problem lifting weights early on in my life with, yes. like, real Olympic weight sets. Right. I couldn't lift the bar. The bars is, like, 75 pounds. Yeah. Oy. 45, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> like 75. <laughs> Just I lighter. I couldn't lift the bar when I was a kid. So you're never, I'm never going to get stronger attempting to lift something I can't lift. Right. right. you got to start with something lighter than that. Well, yeah, and a push-up is a certain percentage of your body weight. Yeah. You're trying to bench press right. a, a percentage of your body weight. Obviously, some of it's on your feet, but... Um, so yeah, clearly, let's just start with the twenty pound. Yeah, lay on your back with a couple flip of you over. We'll uh, we'll we'll get some of the. Uh, I've got the a I've, 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 got, I've got some of the hand weights. I can bring those in, and next week we can go no, ahead. What and you're do doing now will not help. help. We're gonna have like you're playing maracas. <laughs> We're gonna have to work on your form with Santana. <laughs> That's not an exercise. I always read video of that. <laughs> what do you do? Wow. What do you do dumbbells? What is that? It's a maraca exercise. Ricky Don't hit yourself in the face with the dumbbells. Oh, no, that'd be bad. That's a bad ah, thing. That'd be bad. Yeah, but stop trying to do push-ups. Everybody's starting to feel bad about it. All right. All or, right. or go with the Sean plan. The idea was to bring and... joy to the show. Not to have everybody oh, feel bad. Oh, you're doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, fine. Way. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> you know, I was optimistic and hopeful and helping you do it and everything. I, I don't think there's realistically any chance you're ever going to do ten push-ups in a row. I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I think a careful, actually managed program of weight training over the course of a year, he could do it. To do 10? Yes. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we get emails all the time from 80-year-olds who knock off 80 every morning Man, before, their, for them. before their <laughs> avocado toast. Ruth Bader Ginsburg yeah, does she like does 14 a, 80 a day. Yeah. She, is yeah. it that many? Oh, no, she God. does a well, lot. Marshall, is there anything we should know? Were you in the NHL for a number of years and you tore your rotator cuff several times or anything like I that? I have or? never participated in any kind of uh, contact or other sports. Here's yes, a question. Okay. Archery right. was my sport. Here's a question I don't think anybody ever asked. Ancient and noble. An obvious question nobody has ever asked. At any point in your life, could you ever do 10 push-ups in a row? I never attempted to do 10 so push-ups in a row. So we don't know that you ever could do 10 push-ups in a row. I never attempted to. 
Okay. Never on a bet. Never in a... No, because wow. I no. choose not to run. <laughs> Remember that Seinfeld episode? That was a good one. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, so we don't know that you ever could, even when you were like a 20-year-old. I Again, I never I okay. never tried. Right. You know, there was no reason to. There was no... Nobody was pushing me to do it. Mm-hmm. So, again, I'm, 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 like, I'm not sure it's going to happen. How about swimming the English Channel? <laughs> that's, that's a popular one. It's lower impact. you got the water displacement there. Right. Yeah, much yeah. less likely to tear a, uh, a glute. Climb up the outside of a building. <laughs> gets a lot of attention. People do that now. You climb up outside this building. <laughs> and good luck. Yeah. Tread water in a walk-in tub. <laughs> now, come on. That was, that was your ageism. You no, always jump right. in with See, the ageism. That wasn't a good joke at all. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. I like blaming Hanson on that one, though. <laughs> I think we let it hang in the air as your punishment. Yeah. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com.